okay. I think it, we're good. It's, it's, God, it's God saying, stop talking about COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the stream got a cough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I guess, you know, um, hurt myself some more, but let's, let's go to your top five flames all time. Top five flames of all time. Uh, Got to be in no particular order because I can't really order them unless I actually sit and think about it. But uh, right off the top, I think Aginla, Flurry, Kiprasov, uh, Vernon. Got to have Vernon. Uh, I got to say Geo, I guess. Um. Favorite moment? Favorite moment. Uh, my favorite moment is a Lanny McDonald goal in the 89 Stanley Cup. Although the flurry goal with the crazy celebration, you know, it sticks out in your mind, right? But not as, I guess, not as huge of a moment, but still it sticks out. Best fight? I got to go with Talbot and Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And I, I can't believe it was their the first fight in the Battle of Alberta. First goalie fight, yeah. First goalie fight in the Battle of Alberta. Is it, that is insane in itself. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny because both guys played for both teams. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I was proud of Cam for that because – you, you knew that Mike Smith's an animal and, uh, you know, just taking that fight. I, I, I give it, I give him props. I mean, I give him pro, both props. It was, it was pretty funny. And, and oh, you know, yeah. nurse pointing to, for Talbot, like down, down to Smith. <laughs> that, that was, that was hilarious. And, and you know, that, that whole thing, I mean, Kachuk and, and Ethan Bear kind of squaring off and then Talbot and Smith, uh, that whole game, I mean, that was the same game that uh, Monaghan and Nuge fought too, wasn't it? I think so. Earlier, earlier in the game, yeah, yeah. No, there was there was a lot that went on in that hockey game, um, and a great game. I mean, that to me, that was getting back to Battle of Alberta. I mean, you know, most of the time for the for recent history, I mean, you guys have kind of taken us to the woodshed, and and I think it's kind of the pendulum that swung back the. The other way a little bit now with the uh, you know um, Drysaddle and, and McDavid uh, kind of on the scene, but uh, the, I mean there was years where you know I'm sitting in a bar in Red Deer I think for New Year's watching Oilers and, and, and Flames and I thought we were doing pretty good and then it kind of totally went the other way, um, <laughs> and that's that's a lot of those New Year's games are, are were great for a while but you you seem to have the upper hand in a lot of them. And, you know, it's kind of kind of went the other way. Um, I wish to no, God. No matter what, though, they're usually pretty crazy games. Like, yeah, I, you know, entertaining. I'll, I'll say a few words tonight that we meet in the playoffs again one day soon because it's been it's been way too long. I mean, that's where that rivalry really is at its best. Is is uh, you know, come playoff time and you know, we got to go back. We got to go back a long way for that to happen. We should have met you actually in the 2006 run, but for whatever reason, you guys couldn't get past the lonely ducks. And I think we beat, <laughs> beat them in five. So, um, man, Anaheim yeah. has been the bane of uh, our existence for a long time. 
Yeah, yeah, you guys had trouble in their building for what, uh, like three or four years straight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're a good team for a while, too. Let's not kid ourselves with uh, Pronger and Niedermeyer both running the back end. Uh, that's that's a pretty tough team. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so how about uh, your top five players all time? From your team? That's tough. <laughs> no, no for yours <laughs> oh man well and yeah. probably and probably came to ours <laughs> yeah 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 i mean grant fears uh behind my shoulder I, i've grants in my top five um you know wayne wayne's gotta be uh the, the top of the pile um for me um uh, I only got to see Wayne play live once and, and he was in a King's uniform and, uh, had a pretty, pretty pedestrian night, had four points and broke Gordie Howe's record. Um, and I was there with my dad. I'll, I'll never forget it, but you know, he's, he's back there and he's in his office behind the net and it, it's almost like, you know, he could, he could stop time. I mean, everything just slowed down for the guy. And people were afraid to go after him because he would make them look foolish, so they wouldn't really do much. So he had all day to just pick them apart. I don't know, you know, you couldn't defend him. If you went after him, he would put the puck to, between, you know, your legs to the guy you just gave up, you know, going to chase him. And mm -hmm. if you if you didn't do anything, he would find somebody cutting in late and, and hit him and pucks in the net and, you know, or if you chased him too hard, he would just come out and wrap the puck, puck around and put it in the net, so... <laughs> uh, and, and, and just you know the vision of the of the man i mean the things that walter taught him you know to chart the game without looking you know watching hockey Night in canada um he had that you know amazing peripheral vision and i i, I really don't think there's been another player like him i mean mcdavid has good vision on the ice dreisaitl can pass the puck um, on the backhand, you know, backhand saucers, like I don't think anybody I've ever seen before. But still, that Wayne's ability just to play the whole ice surface, you know, and and wait for things to happen. Um, you, you remember probably in that one Olympics, uh, I think Aginla was the recipient of Mario Lemieux letting the puck, uh, I think from Paul Korea, go between his legs to, to Iggy to uh, score a goal there in the one Olympics. Yeah. I mean, that was every shift for Wayne almost. Like it just, um, I mean, he was incredible. So I've got him and Grant. Um, yeah, I think uh, Paul Coffey was uh, another one that, uh, you know, I loved. I mean, I, I've kind of got into this before and you don't know where to stop. I mean, Ryan Smith for me is kind of like the Edmonton version of Jerome McGinley without the fighting, just kind of the approach to the game, you know, bleed the game and, do anything for the team and, and and that so he's you know and he's my age and you know wore 94 because he graduated in 94 and so did I so there's you know all of that and if if I could go through any oiler in history that you know if I envisioned me on the ice it would probably be more like Ryan because I you know I wasn't gifted with the hardest shot in the world um I, I would go to the to the net. I I think probably one of my attributes that's a little different than Ryan Smith is I, I was a point guard in basketball and you know kind of 
one of the better point guards in, in, in the province when I was growing up. So I had, I had good vision. Um, so when I'm on the ice, I, I see plays, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm looking for people to dish to and stuff like that. So I think that's a little bit different on my end of it than, than Ryan's, but of all the positions, I mean, I can play pretty much defense, you know, left wing, right wing center, but, um, if I have my choice, I get to be a lazy left winger, but uh, <laughs> most most of the time people want me to, to play center because they don't want to, you know, to skate all the way up and down the ice and have to be as responsible defending. Um, so I, I get stuck playing center a lot, but I, I, you know, I like it, but I'm just, uh, it's, you know, winning draws is, is always a work in progress. There's no finish line there. So I, I guess that's the, the thing when playing center, I have to work on the most is trying to win, you know, my hand share of draws, but that's, that's just like anybody. But, you know, after that, it gets tough. I mean, I, I, I like Alish Hemsky, uh, uber talented guy. And, you know, he could skate like the wind too. And, you know, he would come back, to the blue line and do a little curl route and kind of do a circle and start heading up ice. And, and once that guy got going and he could stick handle on a phone booth. And, you know, I remember lots of times, I mean, Regeer and Fanouf would try to just annihilate the guy. And sometimes they <laughs> succeeded, but a lot of times Hemsky would walk through the both of them and, you know, he's all of a sudden he's open and, and in on the goalie. Um, you know, everybody always wanted him to shoot, and he did have a good shot, you know, pretty accurate and uh, and, and all that. But, I mean, Hemsky was a playmaker. Um, anybody that really, you know, knew him, he was trying to create all the time. He was kind of like a Doug Wade out there. Um, and, and Dougie's another one. I mean, he was a, he was a great oiler too. But, I mean, the, the history is so rich. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to get to five, so... I don't know. I mean, McDavid. What, what about what about the guy over your shoulder there? Yeah, Messier. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, Mark. You, you know, you, it, it probably you know top five power forward all, all time. Um, great leader. I mean, lots of people want to put him as as the greatest leader to ever play the game. Probably him and Stevie Eiserman kind of in the same sort of category. Um, I'll never forget, you know, you see it on boys on the bus uh, when he's, you know, bitching at the ref for, you know, how can you give me a penalty because my fucking stick broke? That's a, <laughs> that's a fucking joke, you know. He cross-checks a guy in the back three times and break, finally a stick, you know, gives up the gives up the ghosts and breaks and he's, he's chewing out the ref for a stick breaking. I mean, you don't see that kind of, like, that intensity. I mean, Mark was just, like, he was... He was on a different level than than probably most most professional hockey players. I mean, he was an '80s player, but I, I I'm sure he, he he would have been fine with Gordie Howe and the elbows. I mean, uh, you think about that kind of stuff. That's what goes through my head is you know how would he do in, in Gordie Howe's era? And I think he'd be just fine. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think he would fit right in. Mark Mark was just, I mean, he was incredible, and and you know, there's similarities with kind of him Joe Sackick and, and, and Iggy with that kind of one one leg up kind of wrist shot you know bar down kind of just hammer that puck in the net um you know so yeah I mean I really I guess if you if you look at it and you and you take off you know the Oilers hat or the Flames hat and you just watch Mark Messier play and then you watch again play 
there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, other other again, it was more or less a winger, and, and Mark was you know he'd play the wing too if, if whatever they needed. But a lot of times he he was just that centerman. But just that you know that intensity that you know you fuck with my teammate, I'm gonna bury you kind of um, stuff. Um, I mean, I I don't have a hard time admitting this because I, I I look at it like. That's, that year you guys went to the cup with uh, Aguila and, and uh, <clears throat> maybe won it. Um, <laughs> when, when Iggy, you know, was fighting the best player or the captain of the other team in, in every fucking playoff series that you got into, you know, all the way to the finals, I, I, I look at that and I'm like, how do, you, how do you not love the guy? I mean, you know, he's from St. Albert. I'll, I'll put down the weather symbol for a bit. When he fought, when he fought Hatcher, you know, in that in that series, as an Oilers fan, I looked at that and I I fucking rooted for the guy big time to kick Hatcher's ass. I really did because of all the fucking shit that Hatcher did to Ryan Smith over the years, all those. Yeah. Cr- all those cross checks in the back, so every right hand Iggy's feeding Hatcher. I'm thinking that's retribution for all those cross checks <laughs> that that Smitty took over the year. And Smitty never, you know, he never dropped the gloves. You know, why didn't you ever fight the fucking guy? Like seriously, <laughs> you're, you're entitled to that ice, and and you know you, you you get it. I mean, it's Hatcher's job to clear the crease, and yeah. that's what he was doing. But Jesus Christ, stand up for yourself. You know, throw down, get after it, uh, unload on the guy. You're waiting for it. So, so when Iggy, Iggy finally did that, you know, as an Oilers fan, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm like, you know, murder him. Get, get. Oh, man, the, the, just that old school Mike, you know, uh, <laughs> the guy that played hockey 40 minutes from where Daryl, you know, the, the Sutter Farm, you know, that's where my Bantam hockey was from. That that Mike came out when, when you know, Iggy was – was in on that you know I was rooting for him and you know of, of anybody in Calgary that's ever played for you I mean other than Grant but by that time he wasn't Grant anymore um you know any player that's ever put on your jersey Iggy's by far and away the guy that I can say I wanted that guy on my team um you know you you had Al McInnes you had you know some pretty special players Joe Newendike all those guys come come through there Iggy's the guy that, you know, and I don't think I'm alone. I think any, if you honestly ask any Oiler fan, anybody that's worn that Flaming Sea, uh, you know, subpar logo, (laughs) (laughs) Iggy's the one that we would say, you know, that's the guy we want. And, And even at the very end, I mean, even if he just came for one year at the very end of that career, we still would have took him. We still, we would have loved him. We would have embraced him like he, he was our own. I mean, um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Jerome McGinley. I'm glad he's a Hall of Famer. He de- he deserves it, and uh, I, honestly, I love the guy. So now I got to flip this back on you since I've totally you know t- undressed here for you. If there was one Oiler over you know <laughs> our history that you could have had, who would who would it have been? So. We're obviously talking pre McDavid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can go, you can go up till now. If if McDavid ranks higher than than Wayne or or whoever, oh. uh, we'll, we'll let you, we'll let it be. I'm 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 probably gonna break your heart and say that McDavid is blows Wayne out the door in in my, in my mind, but 
they're different players, right? I mean, McDavid does things on the fly at 100 miles an hour, whereas Wayne was more analytical, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. See, yeah. I mean, you're, you're definitely not breaking my heart. It's 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 uh, it's two different players, really. Like, mm-hmm. um, the, the the most exciting part of of watching Connor McDavid play is knowing how lethal that speed is. I mean. The guy needs three strides, and he is gone. Um, I mean, you know, at the end of practice, at the end of practice when you think the playing field would be the most level, he's beating his teammates by, you know, he's at the red line, and they're still at the blue line. I mean, you can watch the tape of it. And that's at the end of practice when you're supposed to be, you know, dog-tired. And it, from what I've gathered, it was a little bit of a bag skate. So, I mean, that's at the end of it. <laughs> He's got that much more in the tank. So where is he at the start of the game? You know, is it is it the same, or is he, or is you know, if you're if you're doing wind sprints, are you at the blue line and he's already at the other end? Like it's just, man. It, and I've seen him. I mean, and and, and I've, you know, I've been watching NHL hockey, you know, live basically since I was about twelve years old. I think was kind of the first game that I went to, and there's nothing like it. There, there, there really isn't. I mean, and he, and he does it with the puck. I mean, yeah. And it, it almost seems like he's more, you know, he, he's more dangerous and, and more explosive and has more speed with the puck versus without it. And that that's hard to fathom. I mean, it, it really is. Anybody that's played the game knows that, you know, when you have the puck, you're not as fast as without it because you you got the puck. So it just, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, and like I say, Hemmer, Hemmer was great, but... It, it took Hammer like a, you know, basically a distance of the blue line to the red line to get up to full speed. Connor's there in less than half that distance. Like it's, it, it it's insane. Like and, and trying to defend the guy and and the wherewithal in his head. I mean, we all seen a, a bazillion times what he did to Morgan Riley. I mean, just a little hes- <laughs> he, he, hesitation. I mean, in basketball, I would do a hesitation like a hesitation dribble with the ball. Well, that's on my feet, like on, on a gym floor. He's doing that with skates. I mean. <laughs> Definitely some good edge work there. Yeah. So, I mean, so in that respect, in the, there's no measuring. You, you can't measure his explosiveness, you know, in comparison to Wayne's. Um, yeah. But if, it, so. you know, if you do go on YouTube, you can watch a video of Wayne Gretzky, you know, in a sprint against like Sugar Ray Leonard and like three other like pretty high profile athletes from different sports in a hundred yard sprint, Gretzky blew them away. So he he was explosive too, but Connor, Connor's on a different level. But to me, the 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 difference, and I think Connor will get into this sort of realm, is just Wayne's ability to to he was playing chess and everybody was playing checkers, mm-hmm. and that was and that was the difference. I mean, McDavid does that at times. For sure. I mean, the one preseason game uh, against Seattle, I mean, there, there, there was a play where um, Puck was kept in the zone for a while, and Pooley already made a great play to get the Puck to McDavid, McDavid to Hyman for just a tap-in, tip-in goal at the side of the net. But that whole play, Oilers against Kraken, Kraken basically had an AHL team out there, and we had almost our regular lineup, but... It looked, it looked like the Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. It was a almost like a minute and a half shift, I think, of just domination. And 
<laughs> McDavid skates around and people are watching him and getting drawn to him. The puck gets to Pooley They all go to him. He he does makes a nice like no look backhand pass to McDavid and McDavid, you know, finds Hyman at the side of the net. I mean, all of them in unison. It was it was pretty special. So I hope that's kind of a sign of things to come this season. I think that line is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with. Maybe one of the best lines in the NHL. Yeah. Th- that 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 part kind of excites me. But what what makes what makes kind of. Uh, you know, me kind of uh, jubilant about this season is there's more behind that now because last year we, we could put out one line that would, you know, do some damage, but there wasn't a lot after that because you were throwing Leon and Connor together out there and, and you know, Pooley with them and, and yes, he's starting to come around um, starting to, you know, transition from the boy into the man and, and that, that, you know, he's a big kid, so um that sort of excites me, but uh, yeah, it, it's looking like we're going to have three lines that can can do a little bit this season. I'm interested to see, like, uh, I think it's tomorrow, Duncan Keith can start to be a part of uh, everything. You know, he went to the United States late in the day to get his uh, vaccine, and now he tomorrow he comes out of quarantine, so he's going to be able to be on the ice with the guys again and probably get into a few pre- preseason games before the real thing gets going. So I'm interested to see what we're going to get there. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of Oilers fans on that front that are, you know, looking at his war from last season, uh, war percentage from last season, and, and scared to death that he's going to be, you know, just a boat anchor. But uh, hmm. I, I, I'm not there. I'm not in that crowd. I think, you know, him going from playing 25 minutes a night in Chicago to 18 minutes a night, uh kind of not having to be the man anymore on a team. He can kind of take a, a little bit of a backseat uh, to nurse and, and you know, Barry and, and, and that and be in a kind of a more of a second pairing role, um, more quality minutes instead of, you know, oh, no quantity and <laughs> bulk minutes. Um, I'm interested to see yeah. what ha- happens there. Like, I... I I don't know. I, I think I think the addition of of Keith is going to do wonders for some of these guys when it comes to playoff time. You know, he's been through everything there is to go through as an NHL player from, you know, a preseason game to deep in I think game seven of the Stanley Cup, so um and and he's won at every level he's ever been at. So it it just uh I, I think that can only help. I mean we haven't had a player in the fold like him, you know, on the back end or, or up front, um, you know, for, for a while. So, um, I, I think he's going to help us. I don't think he's going to hurt us. Yeah. You guys got the Kraken again tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Pro- probably a more close to a starting Kraken lineup as well. So, yeah, and I think our lineup will be better than what we dressed in Winnipeg, but but I still don't think it's going to be kind of what you're going to see from this team, you know, on, on opening night. Um, is that game in Seattle? Uh, yeah. Because the way things have kind of been working is the home team seems to, you know, dress the meat and the... <laughs> And oh. the away team dresses the vegetables, so to speak. So, the the uh, game is actually in Everett. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically a home game for Seattle, but uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that we, we get the Canucks tomorrow night. Okay. Are you at home or are you in Vancouver? We're at home, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm interested to see. Like, did you guys make a bunch of cuts today or? Uh, I think we may, was that today or yesterday? I saw a tweet about it. Um, nobody really significant that I saw, though. They were mostly guys that were, you know, guys expected to go down to the minors. Yeah, so. I, I thought we were going to uh, see a little bit more of uh, our, our first-round pick there, uh, Burgo. Um, they sent him home today, uh, I think, with along with about eight other guys. So I think there was nine uh, Nine people kind of let uh, let off the hook here from the main club, so you know you're starting to tinker a little bit and, and get get it get it down a little bit more. Um, yeah. Uh, so what what do you think your uh, what's your projection for your Flames this season? Uh, my projection, and uh, you can check my projections uh in a couple episodes back of the puck and pigskin podcast <laughs> um i i picked vegas finishing first boilers finishing second uh, flames finishing third i think i picked and uh i can't remember i think i had the jets finishing fourth i think i can't remember i've done so many predictions and <laughs> so you think you're a I think, play, you think you're a playoff I, team i think that we're going to be like every other year and we're going to squeak in okay and uh whether or not we do anything who knows because i think if we i think if we're in that third spot we're who we playing we're probably playing uh i can't even remember how they do the divisions now since last season was all messed up and yeah <laughs> so top three yeah. in each division or the top team in each division they get the buy right not the buy but the uh home ice yeah home ice yeah yeah and then the next two the next two play i don't remember how they even do it now I, you know, I, I, uh, we're back in the Pacific Division, but I, I don't, yeah, I'll have to look at the playoff tree uh, format. I'm not. Yeah, because we're back to having wild cards and all that kind of stuff, and. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's <clears> a lot. <throat> there's a lot of talk that the the Kings might might be all right this year, so, but it's definitely not going to be like it used to be, where you're going to California and it's murderers row. I mean, Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Anaheim and San Jose are just not the the same juggernauts that they no once were in LA and LA not. really isn't either no but the, you know a lot of people are thinking they're going to have a, a little bit of a bounce back uh, that they've done some things to make them a better team so we'll see um, I, I yeah I think we can kind of give Vegas a little bit of a, um, some push and pull with uh, going after the division lead um, I I think their team is still pretty well built. I just uh, think that they're gonna... repeating or three repeating. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna learn that Mark Andre Fleury was more valuable than they're giving him credit for. Can um, you can you can you see Tampa Bay three repeating? 
Yeah, I I don't know that you know that's that's tough. I I think they exposed a couple things with the uh, the way the league is last season to be able to do what they did, and I just don't think that's happening again. They've had some turnover from last season already, so yeah, I I don't know. Um, there's still some good pieces there, and uh, Vasilevsky's a you know a hell of a goalie, so. You never know, but I I don't know. It would be it would be quite the story if if they did. I mean, um, you know, back to back in this day and age, I don't know if that qualifies as a dynasty, but it, it probably puts you in the conversation. But uh, three peating, I mean, uh, I don't remember the last time that was done, so that would uh, put them into the dynasty uh, kind of situation in in my mind, anyway. Uh. Would the Oilers have been the last team to do that? Did you guys win three in a row? I, no, I do not. No. No. Uh, you, you might be one team. Yeah, it might be the Islanders. Islanders, yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. The Islanders might have four-peated, actually, but uh, I would have to look at that. Hmm. Yeah. And if it's not, if it's not the Islanders, then you got to go... Probably back to the Canadians. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, dark, you, my, I, I got a dark horse pick this season of Chicago going deep because I think Flurry's going to make a huge difference, and they've added some great players to the roster. Plus Kane and Taves is back now, so they're going to be tough. Yeah, you're making me look at this uh, on the fly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Islanders four-peated. I had it right. Oh, they did. Yeah. So they, I thought they, they only won three in a row, and then I thought yeah, no, there was nine, one in the... 80 to 80... Oh, sorry. Yeah, 1980, 1981, 1982, and 1983. Wow. And then we went back-to-back, -back, and the Canadians grabbed one. We went back-to-back -back again. You guys got yours, and we won after that. Yeah. Penguins won a pair. Uh, Canadians, Rangers, Devils, Avalanche, Detroit back-to-back, -back, Stars, Jersey, Avalanche, uh, Wings, Jersey, Lightning, Carolina, fuck that. Um, <laughs> Anaheim, Wings, Penguins, Blackhawks, Bruins, Kings, Blackhawks, Kings, Blackhawks, Penguins back-to-back -back again. Capitals, St. Louis Blues, and uh, the Bolts the last two years. So there you go. There's your Stanley Cup winners from 1980. <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy of the Straight Off the Pipe podcast. Um, <laughs> I think we've uh, probably exhausted uh, enough tonight. I'm sorry we had a little bit of issues there with the stream, but uh, thanks for joining me. Mr. Yeah. Jason, and uh, maybe we'll uh, get you on after a battle of Alberta um, in the regular season or just before that. And, uh, you know, if you guys are out there and um, you're starving for some content, Jason puts out a really good show. It's called the Puck and Pig, Pig, Puck, <laughs> Puck and Pig Skin uh, podcast, and uh, you can check him out. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. Um, yeah, thanks for joining me, Jason. And uh, look forward yeah, to, no worries. Look forward to chatting with you again. And uh, I think I'm out of uh, 
Flames love confessions for uh, <laughs> the, the next decade. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll chat with you again. Thanks for coming on. And, and it's all documented forever on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can pretend to delete it, but it's always there. From Section 204, Heavy Hockey Podcast with Michael and guests. Heavy Hockey isn't dead. It's just getting started.